All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, there was on the Facebook uh, lip sync site, we actually found the tune that we've kind of named the show after. <clears throat> Hold on, I got a smile for the thumbnail on YouTube. I've got things falling around the room here. <laughs> Still smiling for the uh, thumbnail on YouTube. There it goes. Now we're going to go live. Hold on, we're going to go live on YouTube. There we go. Uh, we're going to say hi to Trey Goodman. We're going to say hi to Kelly Wilson. We're going to say hi to people as they're coming on. You are watching Living on a Thin Line. This is your daily uh, reprieve from the silliness and bizarreness going on in our world today. A little break. We all need a little break. You deserve a break today. And it doesn't have to be a uh, hamburger with no, um, no nutritional substance. Uh, right above me uh, is the song Living on a Thin Line by Dave Davies. So we found this lip sync device that we're able to use, uh, and it, um, it lets us play a little music coming in, although you can't hear my voice while it's playing. But I thought I'd do that. Now you got a song up there that you can probably pop in and uh, uh, pop on YouTube and uh, give a listen to. And um, it's a pretty cool song by Ray Davies. Cheryl, can you move this screen forward a little bit? There, that is a perfect shot on YouTube. Hello, YouTubers. Hello, Kevin Brown. Hello, everyone. This is Living on a Thin Line, brought to you on Facebook Live. Uh, you can listen on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. And, of course, watch on a YouTube uh, on the Comedy Schools channel, which right now they're only seeing like a third of my face. So there we are. Hello, Paul Whitney. Good fun show for you today. Very cool autograph memorabilia to share with you both today and tomorrow. <clears throat> today, music-related tomorrow sports related, and then some uh, fun vinyl that we have here. So the idea is we started looking around um, our house, and particularly I looked around my overly stuffed office. Uh, Rich Scheidner, the very funny, legendary comic Rich Scheidner was visiting one time. He goes, I get it. He goes, you're surrounded by a bunch of stuff you love that only matters to you. And I go, that is correct. Uh, hola to you, Paul Whitney. Uh, but we decided to show it to you and share it with you and see if Maybe you start looking around your house and go, what do I have around here that I just take for granted? What do I have I bought a long time ago and just kind of tossed aside uh, that I can now re-examine and see uh, what memories it brings up for me in a very positive way? So I've got uh, some autograph memorabilia to show you today. And then uh, we have tons of vinyl, which we kind of stopped listening to, albums, if you will, a long time ago, a long time ago. Uh, but uh, we said, let's revisit those too. So much to listen to and experience in one small space. 
We thought if we do this with for people, we'll be able to maybe elicit some positive memories. And also with the music, if it's stuff that you listened to and loved before, uh, you might want to go revisit it. And if you've never heard of it, then you might want to visit it and see if uh, it's something that you like. So much of the music that I love now, I was not aware of when I was a teenager. I was not aware uh, really of Willie Dixon or Howlin' Wolf or even B.B. King. B.B. Uh, King being the first of the great blues legends we became familiar with as a young uh, acolytes of rock and roll. Uh, we had a good day today. Um, I don't know. Our routine was um, I sleep late. I went to bed a little earlier than I normally do last night. I went to bed at 1.30 a.m. Um, I got a kid across the street plays the drums all the time. He played them at almost 11.30 last night. Doesn't really bother our house. But then I realized I was playing my guitar till 11.30. The difference is I had my headphones plugged in and it wasn't bothering anyone. But I'm not going to bother this kid about his drum playing right now because uh, anything that'll keep us inside and keep us safe and socially distant uh, until this thing settles down, go for it, rock. It's for other people to decide uh, um, if they enjoy that young man's creative outbursts or not, no matter what time of the day. Uh, got up this morning. We, uh, I kind of take it easy when I first wake up. I, if you have a chance to do that, please do. I have, uh, my, I have one cup of coffee. I had my coffee, did not turn on the news. I can read the news on um, uh, here on the phone, and I do that on occasion. Uh, did not turn on the news, uh, walked my dog Roscoe, and then I had to, um, Paul Whitney says, you need to tell that kid to beat it. Oh, he beats it. And then, um, uh, and then I had to, we actually had to go into town to get some paperwork for my accountant. Uh, I don't know if any of you are applying for the pay, uh, Paycheck Protection Act. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, I hear that it's burdensome, cumbersome. I hear they're almost out of money anyway, but I'm going to go through the process. I did apply for an emergency loan when this first hit, and the idea behind that was even if you were turned down, you got a $10,000 emergency grant, which you uh, may or may not have to pay back. Uh, while those loans were in process, they changed it to almost 10% of that. So uh, I don't know what you're doing to keep home and heart and uh, hearth together, but... Uh, Keep in mind, this too will pass. This too will pass, and that it's always the darkest hour right before the dawn. Let's get to the memorabilia, because it's going to be hard for me to show you, but I'm going to show it to you. All right, here we go, because this is big. Look at that. I'm going to explain what it is in a minute. If I hold it up here, you can see the white block that has the autograph. Then you see the picture. We're going to show it to you on YouTube. There you go. There's the uh, picture, and there's the white block that has the autograph in it. Show it to you on Facebook one more time. There's the autograph. There's the picture. What are we looking at? What we're looking at is a, a Mick Fleetwood autograph. This is a Mick Fleetwood autograph. Who is Mick Fleetwood? Well, if you ever listen to me, uh, Fleetwood Mac, he is Fleetwood. Okay, so uh, that is a Fleetwood Mac album cover. And what I did to turn it into something artistic, the story behind the autograph itself uh, my brother Jerry, uh, one of his kids was on the same soccer team in um, the western part of the San Fernando Valley in the Woodland Hills area that Mick, Mick Fleetwood's kid was on. And he saw Mick Fleetwood uh, standing there uh, one time watching his kid playing, went over and introduced him, said, I really like your band, like your music. And Mick said, thank you, very gracious man, according to my brother. And then my brother said, you know, my, my brother Jerry collects, uh, hello, Frank, uh, hello, Howard, hello, Robert, hello, Fred Scott. 
he said, my brother Tony collects autographs, which isn't totally true. I didn't really devote myself to it, but um, I have collected several autographs. So um, he, Mick Fleetwood said, well, I'd be glad to give him one. And Jerry had a little cocktail napkin he found someplace, and Mick signed that. Jerry gave me the cocktail napkin. So that's easily uh, damaged or destroyed. So what I did was, let me show it to you again. Here's what I did. Kind of a cool artistic thing. I went to a framing store. By the way, it says uh, to Tony from uh, Mick Fleetwood. Pretty cool. I went to a framing store. I got an album cover of an album that I owned, which was uh, Fleetwood Mac's Mystery to Me. And I had them mat it and frame it. So you got a cocktail napkin and an album cover matted and framed. That's what you got. You got a cocktail napkin and an album cover matted and framed. And it turned into a pretty good, pretty good. Um, um, Frank says, uh, make a joke real quick. All right, here's a joke for you, Frank. All right. Uh, how many surrealists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Five. One to screw in the light bulb and four to throw the melting clocks into the bathroom. All right. Thank you very much. Um, uh, that is the, uh, that is our joke. Actually, it's bathtub. Let me tell it over again. How many surrealists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Five. One to screw in the light bulb and four to throw the melting clocks into the bathtub. All right, there's your joke. So anyway, that's how I ended up with this really kind of cool uh, artistic little piece here. It's framed. I did it myself. Uh, you may uh, oftentimes or may have in the uh, past been walking through a mall or at a restaurant somewhere where they're selling autograph memorabilia and it looks pretty fancy the way they do it. Uh, and I kind of copied that and I was able to do that for the price of the, um, the frame and the matting, which by the way, wasn't cheap at the time. So um, let's see, uh, Frank said I had wood once. I bet you did Frankie boy. So uh, all right, let's get to the uh, record portion of the show. All right, so uh, first off, we're gonna talk about Somebody that everybody, everybody knows his music. Everybody knows it, but you should go back and listen to more of it. Here he is. Mr. Ray Charles, right there. Ray Charles, ladies and gentlemen. We all know Ray Charles. We all know his hits. Uh, this album was called Sweet and Sour Tears. Pretty good name for an album. Pretty nice album cover. But definitely, definitely before the days of uh, major uh, Byzantine uh, and surrealistic and psychedelic uh, artwork, album covers becoming art in themselves. Pretty simple, great picture of him, his name, and then the uh, name of the album. This is out on the uh, Paramount label. This was recorded in 1964. Recorded in 1964, so uh, when I was nine years old, we all know his song, What I Say. Tell me what I say. Uh, that is not on this album, Cry. Guess I'll hang out my tears to dry. A tear fell. No one to cry to. You got me crying again. And after my laughter came tears. Um, it's been a tough time in Ray's life when he's putting this out. Side two has teardrops from my eyes. Don't cry, baby. Cry me a river, which he did a stunning version of. Although my all-time uh, favorite, two favorite versions of Cry Me a River are by Julie London. And, of course, by Joe Cocker. Uh, baby, don't you cry. And that's done in the new... Swing over rhythm is what it says on the album. Willow weep for me and I cried for you. So uh, a thematic uh, heartbreak tearjerker album by Ray Charles. None of the major hits that we know by him on that album, but I've listened to it and it's simply fantastic. 
uh, we're urging you to go a little deeper. Uh, in my car, I still have Sirius uh, XM. I don't know how long I'll have it because we barely drive the car. I don't know if it's a justifiable expense right now. But uh, in our car, we have Sirius XM. And um, we have uh, certain channels on there uh, that are thematic, you know. And uh, one of the things that we can listen to, uh, and sometimes I go a little deeper and I listen to channels I would not normally listen to. I go, okay, let's try this. Okay, let's try that. And I discover some wonderful stuff. They also have a channel on the SiriusXM site called Deep Tracks. So it's where they don't play the hit from an album. They play the second or third or fourth cut. This Ray Charles album uh, is actually is very much a deep track. And sometimes you might want to do that now is deep track some things. I see a lot of people on Facebook going, I need something to watch. I need something to listen to. I need something. So... Uh, Go to your favorite artist and then listen to a song by them you have not heard before. Uh, let's say your favorite artist is um, uh, uh, Talking Heads, okay? And you got your three favorites by Talking Heads. Listen to other stuff they've done and you might get some new ideas. You might get some new feelings. You might have some new fun, all right? Uh, the next album, I'm just showing you mainly because of the album cover. I'm going to show this to you. This is going to crack you guys up. All right, I'm going to show it to you mainly because of the album cover. And here it is. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> this is definitely some late 50s, early 60s uh, album cover art right there. A couple ladies walking down the street looking like they're about, well, one looks like she's about to touch the other one's uh, uh, bottom. She looks like she's about to touch her on the bottom. Uh, they're in capri pants, and they are in definitely in Times Square. This is shot right in Times Square. Okay, many of you have been there before. I've been there a dozen upon a dozen times. You can tell it's Times Square. And this is called. Okay, this is one of the things they used to do back then. It's a Capitol Records uh, uh, album. It's a high fidelity recording. They used to advertise that sort of thing. It's called Swinging on Broadway. I'm going to show it to you again because it's so much fun. There you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, all right, I got my name over there. There you go. You can see that that's the Times Square on Broadway. Uh, and it's the Jonah Jones Quartet. I have no idea who the Jonah Jones Quartet is. Uh, I'll show you the back, though. They look like serious players. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh... And the advertisement in the uh, tagline is the biggest hits, the catchiest melody, melodies from great Broadway shows, giving an exciter theater treatment. Jonah Jones Quartet. Uh, it has, um, and here's, um, here's the uh, Broadway hits, many of that you know. Uh, and I'm not a big Broadway show tunes guy, although I've been to a lot of Broadway shows. Hamilton, A Chorus Line, A Bronx Tale, 42nd Street. Um, let's see. Uh, Bobbles, Bangles, and Beads, which I mainly just remember from its name from the play Kismet. The party's over from The Bells Are Ringing. Uh, You're So Right For Me from O Captain. I never heard of that. Uh, just My Luck, The Body Beautiful. Uh, the Surrey with the Fringe on Top from Oklahoma. We all know that one. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the So, um, and then one called uh, You're Just In Love from Call Me Madam. <laughs> Uh, side two is just in time for the bells ringing. Hey there from the pajama game. 
I could have danced all night from My Fair Lady. I think a lot of us are familiar with that. I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night and still have danced some more. My Fair Lady, the movie, of course, with Audrey Hepburn and Rex Harrison. And then Whatever Lola Wants from Damn Yankees, which is still a hot tune. Whatever Lola Wants. Lola gets here. I'm going to wave a couple people. And little man, Lola wants you. So there's that tune, uh, Till There Was You from The Music Man. And, of course, 76 trombones from The Music Man. 76 trombones on the march again. So this is a jazz player. Uh, Jonah Jones, trumpeter and vocalist, has a way with the tune. He treats it with understanding for the essence of the melody itself. But above, above all, he is a swinging musician and the sound of his quartet, rakish, driving, jaunty, is unlike any around today. So this jazz musician was hired to do jazz recordings of Broadway show tunes. And then um, I don't see a year on this, but I'm going to guess definitely late 50s, early 60s, because that is the type of album artwork that was so popular during that time. So those are the two albums that were those are the two albums that we're recommending to you today. Uh, they are uh, Ray Charles. Listen to anything by Ray Charles, but go to Deep Track and then see if you can find anything. I'm going to see if I can find anybody the Jonah Jones Quartet, okay, and see if this man was uh, the uh, trumpeter that uh, they claimed that he was here. I bet you it's been. I think I got that album, and I I got to be honest with you, never listened to it, but I own it. I thought that might be a cool album to listen to. All right, I told you about our day. Uh, I told you that we drove into town. Um, we're practicing social distancing. I don't know in the town where I live how many people are. The traffic was pretty thick, but you stay safe out there, friends. We, the people, and I don't mean it like that, the way we're the people, but all of us who are enduring the difficulties that we're enduring right now, in not working or working from home or attempting to work from home and all the little indignities tossed our way, okay? As we go, all right, I'm going to do what's best. You know, people go, well, why don't you do this? I think, well, maybe I should do that. But I thought, why am I going to stay home for five days straight and then go out and risk it all on one day doing something foolish? I went and visited my accountant, okay? Uh, I wore gloves. I wore a mask. I got the paperwork I needed. Finally, and I'm going to wrap up here uh, kind of on a... Um, a heart note for me, I, got, I received a call today from a woman named Susie. Susie is the daughter of Gert Schuster. For those of you that uh, know the Phoenix comedy scene or have been involved with the Phoenix comedy scene, you know the name Gert the Joke Lady. Gert the Joke Lady. Uh, married for over 50 years to her beloved husband, Ralph, who passed away a few years ago. Uh, this last Monday, two days ago, Gert went to be with Ralph. Uh, she lived to be 98 years old. She lived to be 98 years old. Uh, she passed from congestive heart failure. I had talked to her just a week and a half ago. And when I talked to her, I said, how you doing? She goes, oh, better. And I said, um, I said, uh, uh, I said, well, cool. And she goes, hey, when are you going to book me? How many 99-year-olds you got? So she was fudging on her age up because she thought it was more interesting. 98 years old. And she's no longer with us in body, but she's with us in spirit. Gert was truly, truly a marvelous human being. Uh, as a young woman, as a young girl, she had uh, escaped Nazi-occupied Europe uh, and then made her way to the United States, 
uh, so many people that escaped that uh, that horror with barely with the clothes on her back. Uh, came here, met Ralph, started a very successful business. What she did was um, when a big fancy five-star hotel was going to change out all their uh, rooms, she would buy the furniture because generally they were just throwing the furniture away at the time. She would buy all the furniture, clean it, disinfect it, and then sell it to uh, chain hotels. So something from like, say, the Phoenician in Scottsdale would then end up in a Days Inn in Chandler. Uh, so uh, that's what she did. She made a, quite a good living at that. Many years ago, I was running a business at the Tempe Improv, and I would get dozens of calls a day from comics trying to get booked on shows. Uh, generally, I didn't call them back. Uh, I only called back a few because I was just overwhelmed and had too many other things to do, and I, I was always planning on getting to it. They kept saying, this old lady keeps calling you. This old lady keeps calling you. Go, okay, all right, I'll call her. One night, I was standing in the lobby of the Tempe Improv, and I felt a tug on my sleeve. And I looked around. I didn't see anybody. I looked down, and I saw about a four-foot-ten White-haired lady on a walker looking at me, and she goes, hey, I've been trying to call you. And I go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm really busy. She goes, you should put me on stage. I'm funny. And I looked at her, and her husband was standing behind her with his arms behind his back, just kind of standing like, yoop-de-doo, taller man, Ralph. And I said, okay, what are you doing tomorrow night? I says, come down, we'll see what you got. She did 10 minutes, and she killed. And I must have booked her maybe 40 times after that in various uh, venues, the Tempe Improv, uh, the... Uh, um, the Tempe Center for the Arts, uh, the um, uh, Glendale, I think not Glendale, Peoria Center for the Arts, uh, private shows everywhere. Everybody loved Gert. If you want to see something funny, uh, Google Tony Visick gets heckled by a 98-year-old lady. Tony Visick gets heckled by a 90-year-old lady. We did a Valentine's show together. She opened for me. But when I hit stage, she didn't leave the room and heckled me for the entire show. One of my all-time favorite shows. Gert Schuster, 98 years old gone on to be with her husband, Ralph. Okay? All right. We loved her. We gained more from her than uh, she ever gained from us. Just giving her car rides back and forth from... Uh, uh, first, she lived into her house when I first met her. Then, um, later on, uh, once Ralph went, she lived in a retirement home and uh, giving her rides and back, back and forth from her house and from that retirement home, our conversations will always be special to me. Reach out to the elderly folks. Find out how they're doing. Let them know. Let them know you love them. Okay? It means a lot. All right. That's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to be back tomorrow with a really fun show again. Uh, I know we didn't. We ended on a serious note, but we loved her, and she had a full life, and we can all wish that we get to live our life as full as she did. But I'll be back tomorrow with a fun show, uh, a pretty cool autograph, and I got a story behind the autograph and why I really set out to get it, uh, and more uh, music to talk about, and whatever your questions are, I will take them too. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line. Oh, by the way, if you ever thought about doing a comedy workshop, I got a new one starting next Tuesday, April 21st. Go to ComedySchools.com or ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. That's ComedySchools.com or ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com to register. Uh, if you got any questions about it, boom, you leave me a message uh, here on Messenger and I will tell you all about it. All right, thanks a lot, you guys. See you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Bye-bye. <laughs>